0: Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. The monsters were his friends, and watched over him. Welcome to Gargoyles, the 257th episode of Three Pagans on a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of Victor Hugo's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwalt's Alternate by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Merry meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother, and we are recording
1: this on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. So, happy Christmas. <laughs> you will not be listening to this yeah, on happy, Christmas. Happy
0: post-Christmas. Happy
1: post-Christmas. And uh, we hope you had a, a wonderful Yule and a happy holiday season.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever, whatever whatever, festive winter festive, holiday you celebrate. Whatever
1: you celebrate. Or if you didn't, mm-hmm. we just hope you've had a peaceful, a peaceful time. <laughs> yeah, a peaceful bank holiday. a peaceful bank holiday
0: housekeeping this is our last episode of the year so Mm -hmm. reminder that in 2024 we're going to be moving into the bi-weekly schedule so Mm -hmm. there will be an episode on the first week of january and not an episode on the second week of january Mm -hmm. then another episode on the third week of january and not an episode on the fourth week of january and things will proceed like that (laughs) um let's see also convocation is coming up yes uh, it is in february February 22nd through the 24th, I believe. Something like that. You can look it up on their website. Yep. Their
1: website is uh, convocation.org.
0: Yep. Remember, if you have not gotten your hotels yet, mm-hmm. now it is time to get your hotel room for convocation.
1: You can go
0: to the website.
1: They do have reservations because mm-hmm. they have a group rate. Yes. So we highly recommend going through their hotel group rate because you'll save money. That's
0: that's the way to do it. That's the way we've always done it. Yep. We are not going to be at convocation this year. No, this year. We're taking a year off. Yep. But it is still almost certainly going to be a good time. Oh yes, so we're we, gonna. We always have a good time when we do go, so we do recommend that you go.
1: And we're gonna miss the people that we normally mm-hmm. see, our family, yeah, our pagan friends and family. But it just is uh, something we feel like we need to do this year.
0: Yep. And then in worse news, the shit in Palestine and Gaza continues going on
1: with Christmas Day raids. Yeah,
0: in uh, Bethlehem and the rest of the occupied West Bank and continued bombing in gaza so continue calling for a ceasefire there's yep. not a whole lot else that we can do at this stage yep. but
1: i sent a letter to the president and got a you know a, your typical yeah, the,
0: the boilerplate the doubling down doubling down form email yeah
1: you know that doesn't mean we don't keep trying and we yep. don't keep writing to our congress people and we don't you know lift our voices as often as we can mm-hmm. in support of the palestinian people
0: yeah So, yeah,
1: that carries on. That carries on, sadly.
0: Anything else for housekeeping? Not that I can think of right now. Okay. Then we are going to be housekept and house swept. All right. Hey,
1: maybe I should bring in that little itty bitty broom that you gave to me. And I can (laughs) sweep with the little broom. I can sweep with the little broom when we are housekept and And house house swept. swept. I wouldn't be opposed
0: to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to be talking about gargoyles Mm -hmm. and grotesques and stone creatures. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And their origins. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe a little popular media that's been around Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. One of the first things I learned was that the history of this kind of decorative stone architectural feature goes back Mm -hmm. further than I thought. I thought it went back to, like, the medieval period. Mm -hmm. But... There is a history all the way back to ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, ancient China, even Aztec cultures, not always in the form that we would recognize them yeah. as like a modern gargoyle, which really sort of does derive from the medieval Middle, period medieval onward. period, yeah. But there were uh, mascarons, which are carved masks or faces, often frightening. Mm-hmm. Could be either human or animal, which were carved as an architectural element to frighten evil spirits. Mm -hmm. um, And you see those across the world in a variety of forms and fashions. Mm -hmm. One of the really interesting variations of that was the uh, Bucrania, which are cow skull mascarons. Mm. So they are reliefs of cow skulls or uh, just the heads of, of bulls. And those were an ancient Roman practice. They were evolved from uh, an ancient Roman practice of displaying the the heads of sacrificed cattle on temple walls. Oh, so I didn't know about that. Yeah, so this, I, I discovered this while I was looking into gargoyles, and yeah. I went down a rabbit hole, and I was like, what the fuck? So <laughs> apparently, in a lot of Roman architecture, you can find this motif of a cow skull with garlands on it. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to, at least as far back as the Neolithic Romans, there, there is evidence of them mounting the sa- the heads of sacrificed cattle, mm-hmm. allowing them to decay into skulls, and right. then plastering them. Interesting to make them part of the to the make building. them part of yeah to make them part of the temple. Wow, that, was, that goes back to Neolithic times.
1: Wow, that's yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah, and so it's not super clear. Like I said, because this is a very very old tradition, it's not super clear why the heads of the sacrifices were being incorporated into the architecture like this, and then why that later evolved into just a motif that showed it, that was carved in stone mm. into temples.
1: Might be easier and less smelly. Well, yes,
0: definitely. <laughs> um, but it seems like in some way the cow skull came to represent some kind of sacredness right. to the ancient Romans. Well, that kind of makes some sense. some kind of sanctifying element, yeah. That kind of makes sense because eventually
1: the cult of Mithras was uh, all about bulls and Mm -hmm. the sacrifice of bulls and the blood so it doesn't surprise me that all of these things derive from
0: way 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 back back, yeah into one and and not even just mithras all of the almost all of the gods yeah. required the sacrifices of some kind of yeah, cattle, some kind usually of some, some really specific like it must be white or red or, yeah, or yeah. have, you know, blah de blah specific characteristics. But cattle sacrifice was very common in yeah, Rome. Yeah. Um but like I said, apparently this goes back like way, way, way back. Like before the formation of Rome as a society, but in that area. Interesting. So yeah, so the cow's call a mascara. And then w- what was really interesting was Obviously, in the post-Roman period, there were Western cultures that got really obsessed with recreating Roman architectural features. Oh, my. And so they were just copying the Bucrania, the cow skull motif, in modern classical or neoclassical architecture with no idea of the meaning what
1: they were doing yeah (laughs) isn't that typical so
0: just like around europe there are just cowskulls in neoclassical buildings for no reason that's so funny (laughs) and it's because they were they were mimicking this roman this thing they'd seen in roman architecture without really understanding why it was there
1: yeah isn't that true though of a lot of things yes. that were done in the neoclassical era <laughs> yes is a, they just saw something they thought was cool and
0: they would just combine random columns uh-huh. like you'd have a Doric column and an ionic uh-huh. column and a Corinthian column all in one building yeah, just because they
1: thought it looked really neat uh-huh it yeah. was a it was a kind of a romanticized era for them it really was yeah And so, yeah, I'm not surprised some some architect somewhere was like, oh, my God, that is so cool. That's neat. That's That's very goth. (laughs) I need to put this on my building. The goth Romans. Yeah. I mean, we still do that today. Oh, yeah. We still do that today. We'll do we'll incorporate things that features and appropriation uh, appropriation (laughs) of things. Having no clue mm-hmm. what, what, it's, what its what its actual meaning, is, yeah. meaning and intention is. Yeah.
0: So hey, the like, neo the neoclassical architects were appropriating, appropriating. the bucranium motif yeah. from ancient Roman uh, spiritual practices without understanding, understanding it. understanding what it <laughs> uh, what it was all about. So so the modern gargoyle and grotesque um, does come more from the yep. medieval period.
1: Yep. In fact, the first known gargoyle was in 1220 on the west front of Leon Cathedral in the 13th century. It started in, you know, 1220 and by 1240 it started to become more of a of a thing on all the the cathedrals and churches mm-hmm. and this was when it was being used as a drainage system.
0: Yeah, so the difference between a grotesque and a gargoyle mm-hmm. is that a gargoyle is a water spout basically. Yep. Yeah, it's to get rainwater off the roof. To protect the building. Yeah. And a grotesque is just a decorative... Yep architectural element. But a lot it it doesn't people, serve a function.
1: Yep, but a lot of people will kind of combine the two and don't understand that they're two different yeah, things. Yeah,
0: they are actually two separate yep. architectural elements. Yep. A grotesque is purely decorative. Yep. A gargoyle is a decorative water spout.
1: And you will find grotesques on the same cathedrals yes. where there are gargoyles. Yes,
0: and um, to be fair, although we're talking about a sort of a specific style that started in the 1200s for mm-hmm. gargoyles, mm-hmm. there are decorative water water spouts in other cultures mm-hmm. further yeah. back than that oh yeah um, what i'm
1: talking about is basically what we know from european history yeah, what you
0: would think of when you, you think of you a gargoyle of. Yep. you are thinking of something that started in the 1200s but yep. before that they did have decorative water spouts in china and in egypt and mm-hmm. in ancient greece and funnily enough in all three of those places they were almost always in the shape of lions <laughs> Interesting. Yeah.
1: I know that the uh, gargoyles that I was reading about the that were the water spouts, they could be pretty much they I think they started mostly as animals. Mhm. They um And
0: then they would like gradually get anthropomorphic features. Yeah.
1: And some and some of them like I saw a uh, a gargoyle that's just a dog.
0: Mhm.
1: Yeah. You know, but then they started There are,
0: you see eagles a lot of the time yep, too. Yeah. You see
1: eagles, you see different types of animals, but then they kind of start morphing like you said and their features start to distort. Mm-hmm. And they become kind of scary-looking, monsterish, almost.
0: Yeah, there's there are like three categories of gargoyles and grotesques deriving from the medieval period. Mm-hmm. There are the ugly kind, mm-hmm. the sexual kind, mm-hmm. and the funny kind.
1: For those who are uh, patrons, I'm going to be putting some pictures I found. Mm-hmm. But there was one of a human being mm-hmm. mooning from yeah. the church wall. Yeah, mooning the world. Yep. And it's not, and it's from like, you know, the 18th century or something. You well, know? that's
0: not the medieval period.
1: Anymore, no, no, no. This is, but they just, they use all kinds of things. Yeah.
0: And that that's an an interesting point that has baffled scholars for a long time, mm-hmm. actually. There's a lot of discussion about it because gargoyles in Europe are mostly seen, gargoyles mm-hmm. and grotesques in yeah. Europe are mostly seen on churches yeah. or in religiously associated settings yep.
1: churches cathedrals anything like that
0: you see them sometimes in cemeteries as yep. well yep. Um, to, for protection supposedly well that's that's a that's one of the disputed that's the supposedly yeah, that's one of the disputed uh scholarly mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, opinions but the even though they're almost always found in religious contexts they are rarely they rarely have religious content yeah Yeah. Um, Like it's rarely like an angel or even a demon. Mm -hmm. It's just some kind of indistinct monster, right? Like it's its own thing.
1: Or it's a, like I was saying, it's a familiar animal that has been turned into some kind of a monster face. So you might have a, the start of a lion, but it's, it's, it's it's been, fantasticized, have been yeah.
0: fantasticized. Yeah, it's not an identifiable creature most of the time, mm-hmm. especially as you move. So so really early ones yeah. did tend to be more identifiable as like a creature. Yeah, like a dog or an eagle or a mm-hmm. lion yeah, or something like, like we that. Mentioned. And then as you move further on into the late medieval period, and mm-hmm. then the resurgence of gargoyles and grotesques in the Renaissance, you start to see the shapes of them change Mm -hmm. and there is definitely a connection between the art styles that are prominent at the time of the constructions of these things Mm -hmm. like in the renaissance as there starts to be more of an emphasis on humanistic figures Mm -hmm. you start to see more anthropomorphized and more beautiful figures Mm -hmm. um, used as gargoyles instead of the really ugly squat gross dudes you see see in the medieval period creepy
1: things little imps and shit well part of that too is in the medieval period part of the legend uh, because there's as you said there's scholarly debate Mm -hmm. Uh, you know part of of this idea is that they made them grotesque or frightening because they thought it was warding off evil.
0: But that's admirable,
1: exactly. But and then the other uh, possibility that they think is that they were depicting the seven deadly sins.
0: Or, yeah, so there's a, there's, they might be depicting the seven deadly sins. They might be depicting, like, just the concept of Of sin. sin. Mm -hmm. They might be depicting brutalized forms of pagan gods Mm -hmm. who've been, like, subservient now to the Christian god. They Mm -hmm. might be referencing folklore figures that we just don't have, that we're, that we're not able to identify Mm -hmm. necessarily. They might, I mean, there's all kinds of, Mm -hmm. all, all so many theories about gargoyles. And, The people who made them mostly didn't write down why they were doing it.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's part of the problem Mm -hmm. is for researchers is there's very little written evidence of what their purpose was.
0: Yeah, which is funny because... Other than they were, to protect the building from water damage. Yeah, like, yes, the The, the actual gargoyles, yeah, yeah, were, they had a functional purpose. They had a functional purpose. But there's no explanation for why they were made decoratively this way exactly um all we like the the architects were mostly sculptors they were Mm -hmm. mostly people who had worked in like art sculpture before Mm -hmm. they moved into architecture Mm -hmm. or like they would commission sculptors to work on these things so like maybe it was just they were leaving their mark exactly maybe it was just because this was the thing they did yeah (laughs) there were not like notes like this is here for de blah reason Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: I mean, think about it. Yeah, it it makes sense that they that they created these ways to um, protect the building, protect the ground soil at the foundation of Mm -hmm. the building with these. Yes, you don't get a sinkhole. Yes, So you don't get a sinkhole. But there's no real reason why it has to be anything other than a spout, Mm -hmm. other than an artist decided he wanted to make it look fun. Or, or cool, ugly. Or ugly. Or, <laughs> you know, or they were, you know, they had this idea that it was going to represent something more than just protecting the building from erosion.
0: Yeah. So the other thing about gargoyles is, uh, gargoyles specifically, because grotesques can be sort of anywhere around a building. Um, they can be at eye level. You're more likely to see a grotesque. Yeah. But gargoyles are way up on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. You're they're not... mostly tucked out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to really be looking. Yeah, for like you them. have to you have to hunt to find a gargoyle on the roof of a building because they're mostly in places where you're not going to look. Closely, Because yeah. they're intended to funnel water away also from people. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're not over the entrances. They're, exactly. you know They're in weird spots. Exactly. So why do you put so much effort into this decorative element that, like, no one is going to see?
1: Unless it became, like, a hide-and-seek kind of thing. Right. <laughs> like, it's where, the where's Waldo? Yeah, where's Waldo? <laughs> where's because, the,
0: gal- where's the gargoyle? When
1: you think about these gargoyles, again, they're from, you know, the, the ones that we're familiar with yeah. today are the, from the, the medieval, medieval period, period, from the 1200s. And moving forward, mm-hmm. and so maybe it was kind of a an a interesting a game yeah. for people to eventually start looking for these things. They yeah. might not have started out that way.
0: And and I will say there are um, there were a, differing opinions on gargoyles in the clergy even throughout the medieval period. Oh yeah,
1: some of them were completely opposed. Yeah,
0: there are, there are, there are some records of like bishops, <laughs> um, ranting against. Um, mm-hmm. The gargoyles and the grotesques, and complaining that they're hideous or immoral mm-hmm. or um, frightening.
1: Well, and that's part of the reason too. Is like, so you know, you could almost look at a gargoyle if it's meant to repel evil or frighten evil away. That's almost like an amulet. And so, to these bishops and, mm-hmm. and r- religious leaders, monks. that would be and monks that would be magic, right. and they did not approve.
0: Well. Not necessarily. Some there there were there was Christian magic in the medieval period is the thing. Fair. It was not a it was not quite as much of a zero sum game mm-hmm. as uh modern Christians like to present it as. There That's were true. definitely medieval Christians who were doing various kinds of magic, especially in parts of the learned. Right. Mm-hmm. Well and well and especially in parts of Europe that had been more recently true converted. That's true. So so it's not impossible that there was a understood protective element element, yeah Mm -hmm. um to these there was also i think there was at least one leader one church leader who was who told the um the architect of of his church the grotesques needed to teach the people Mm. like they should be preachers in stone i think was Mm. the exact phraseology Mm -hmm. so like they should yeah, they should convey moral messages. Yeah, like
1: depicting sins mm-hmm. and and things like that. And that's the other thing too, is that it could a lot of them since we don't have a lot of information about where they're you know, what they were depicting necessarily mm-hmm. is a lot of it could be especially kind of the scary ones. Mm-hmm could be just local legend and local be, beliefs and um, understandings or
0: just imagination i mean a yeah. lot of them honestly a lot of gargoyles and grotesques remind me of the kind of stuff you see in like a hieronymus bosch yeah. painting and we know a lot of, we know that was just that man had a lot going on in his brain yeah
1: <laughs> i mean they it could simply be as
0: uh, Rhiannon says
1: idk man it looks fucking badass mm-hmm. you know they yeah. might have could,
0: just done it cuz they wanted to could be who can say all kinds of forms all kinds of fashions I did want to relate the gargoyle legend. Yes. The French legend? The French legend of la gargouille. Ooh. Uh, which is that Saint Romanus uh, was wandering around the French countryside and like came you do. right like you do when you're a saint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be all they do with their time. They roam um around the French countryside. huh or the countryside, of, or wherever the countryside they to be. of wherever they happen to be. Um, but in this case, it was the French countryside, and supposedly ran across a town that had been troubled by a dragon, and the dragon was always demanding uh, the sacrifice of a virgin. Rude. Right? Um, but the the people of the townsfolk were usually getting away with giving the dragon uh, a condemned criminal instead, <laughs> and I guess he was a stupid dragon because he would just <laughs> take them. Well, you know. Say good enough. Okay. Tasty dinner. <laughs> uh huh. Um, But so St. Romanus was like, well, this is not on. Obviously, we can't just be feeding condemned criminals to dragons. That's not how we kill people in the medieval period. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to
1: punish them correctly Uh for their crimes.
0: So he got uh, the assistance of uh, the latest condemned man who was about to be fed to the dragon. And they worked together and killed the dragon and tried to burn the dragon but its head and neck could not be burned because they had been tempered by its own flame. Ah.
1: So they dragged
0: that back to town and mounted it on the wall of the church to show to everyone that this beast has been conquered and will trouble them no more and they should place their faiths in in God mm. instead of trusting the capricious natures of dragons. Right. And uh, And supposedly that is the first gargoyle and also uh is the reason that in a particular part of france uh, on saint romanus's day the archbishop is given the power to pardon one condemned criminal okay <laughs> as okay. thanks to that one condemned criminal who helped saint romanus kill the dragon okay I
1: also read that um, there was possibly some belief in the medieval period, probably, that demons, once Mm -hmm. they were exorcised, would turn to stone and could be put into the service of the church.
0: Oh, interesting. I hadn't seen that one. Mm -hmm. I like that one.
1: And that's how some of them became
0: gargoyles. Right. Interesting. That's an interesting one. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely an element of like the gargoyle is, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, the, yeah, You know, you make a scary-faced m- monster creature yep. to scare away. Unwanted spirits. Unwanted spirits, mm-hmm. yeah, or um, or enemies. Yeah. Um, there actually was the Temple of Apollo, one of them, I don't remember. One of the temples of Apollo used to have a masqueron, mm-hmm. a face of Medusa on it. And it's believed it's be scary. Well, yeah, and it's believed that, that the face of Medusa was on that temple to scare away the enemies of Apollo. Mm-hmm. Like it was specifically for that purpose, which may be where we have sort of derived that extended purpose for, for other grotesques and gargoyles mm-hmm. from other traditions. Because we know they were doing it in Greece mm-hmm. and a lot of those, a lot of Greek traditions sort of permeated throughout the ancient world. Yes, it did. So that could... that's Mm -hmm. possible like you
1: said things traditions and mythologies and things being handed down uh, that they just forget the reasons why they exactly. do it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they just they've always done it that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, just, um and so just so no one questions it. Exactly. Um there's also these are not part of the building but they serve us, they they have a similar role, so I thought I'd bring them up, mm-hmm. which are the shishi or the guardian lions. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I've seen those. They you see outside. Of those. Yeah, you see mo- mostly outside of Chinese buildings. Mm-hmm. They're They're beautiful. They are. They're sometimes mistakenly called foo dogs in Western society, but they are not dogs. They are lions. Mm -hmm. They're just very stylized lions. Mm -hmm. And they always come in pairs. And there's a male one and a female one. And they are supposed to protect from evil spirits. That's Mm -hmm. their job. They are guardian spirits. Mm -hmm. That idea has spread through the rest of Asia as well in various forms. Like you see fox statues outside Inari shrines in Japan. And... uh, And stuff like that a lot of that all sort of draws from the shushu, but the gate guardian concept oh yeah Mm -hmm. has a strong resemblance to the gargoyle and the grotesque as that sort of permanent sculptural or architectural stone figure Mm -hmm. that represents a a warden or a guard dog of some kind yeah yeah And also something else I found completely just just as an aside at at random while I was looking up the history of gate guardians is that military bases will take a piece of equipment and withdraw it from service and like mount it at the entrance to a military base and they call that a gate guardian and is supposed to symbolically guard the military base okay (laughs) like that's something that they do like that militaries across the world do which i did not know i
1: did not know that either okay well they're
0: bringing a little mythology into it okay i don't know where that started all i could find about it was like modern stuff that like like aircraft and i don't know if they used to do this with trebuchets or whatever i have no idea how far back this goes i just found this at random while i was looking up a completely different kind of gate guardian but yeah apparently apparently the military has some superstitions about withdrawn Mm -hmm. military equipment being posted up uh at the gate
1: (laughs) well you know and as we've talked about before super superstitions come
0: in all shapes and sizes all
1: shapes and sizes From ancient sources to modern, Mm -hmm. we don't always know how they get started. We just continue them because they are a tradition or because they seem to work Mm -hmm.
0: or, (laughs) you know, whatever. So that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I found that completely at random. I was just like, well, that's sort of related.
1: Want to read a
0: diverse
1: and inclusive fantasy that's pagan friendly? Check out Arrow's Flight by M.B. Strang. Arrow's flight, an unknown menace, moves through the polite society of pearls holding. If not caught in time, it will bring down not just the hallowed knights of the Pearl Order, but also everyone who lives and works with them. The answer lies with a young woman of mysterious origins whose life has been touched by tragedy. To fulfill her potential, she must confront her past and discover a future more amazing than she'd ever imagined and find the inner strength to fly. She's not alone. A handful of knights, a hearth mage, and their magical companions all test their physical and magical limits to make things right before it's too late. Otherwise, dark forces will overtake the knights for good. Go to mbstrang.com for details on ordering your copy now. Scroll down to the bottom of the main page to sign up for the newsletter and receive a free story.
0: Hail Dictinus! Hail Dictinus! Let's talk a little bit about pop culture. Pop culture,
1: <laughs> because we do have some gargoyles in mm-hmm. pop culture. Mm-hmm. I can think of the television show, the called...
0: t- the, the '90s show, yeah, yeah. gargoyles, gargoyles. Which you were a fan. Of. I was a huge fan of gargoyles. I have. Now, some nail polishes that are inspired by gargoyles. <laughs> I loved gargoyles so much. Yes, you did. <laughs> I was obsessed with it. I don't know if your brother liked it as much as you did. He did not care did. for it as much. I think he actually was a little scared a little of it. A little scared. Well, they did have some scary little They had some gargoyles. scary designs, and, mm-hmm. and he was a scaredy cat. Um, Aww. <laughs> he was. I mean, yeah, I, I loved gargoyles. I was obsessed with that show growing up. Very upset to inform you that Disney is making a live-action version of oh, gargoyles. God. Yeah. Why can't they just
1: leave well enough alone? (laughs) That's a great
0: question. Yeah, so not excited about that. But if you want to go back and watch the classic Gargoyles cartoon show... From
1: the nineties, do recommend. I remember sitting down and watching the a few episodes
0: mm-hmm. with you, and they were really engaging. They were. And they were reflecting. Really, they really. They they had great writing. They had pretty good animation. Not like the best no, it animation. The best. It was very nineties animation. But the stories um, were compelling. But the stories were really good. They had good <laughs> voice actors. So they had. They had. Yeah, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going and on. So much magic in gargoyles. Lots of magic. There was so much magic in witchcraft and witchcraft yes, in gargoyles. There was. Yes, there was. <laughs> It was a good show. So strongly recommend if you have never watched the 90s cartoon go gargoyles, watch gargoyles. Go watch it. Find mm-hmm. it somewhere.
1: Yep. My favorite version of Gargoyle mm-hmm. type media. Media is uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame yes. by Disney. Oh my god. I loved those little gargoyles because they were as uh, your quote from right. Victor Hugo they says, they were his friends because they were his only true companions. Mm-hmm. And so in this movie, this delightful movie, uh of course being a disney they animated film them. they animated them and they sing this ridiculous song mm-hmm. and all uh, but when time comes they uh you know to defend the, to cathedral, defend the cathedral they yeah. the other gargoyles kind of come to life a uh-huh, little bit yeah. and they're you know and they're cheering them on as the as, as they spit fire, they spit fire. <laughs> and I'm it is a really almost terrifying. It really is.
0: The end of Hunchback of Notre Dame is scary as fuck. It's a
1: very <laughs> scary scene with all of these gargoyles and yeah. this fire coming, you know, coming down. Yeah. and and it's which, like,
0: mm. which is actually a really interesting. I don't know that gargoyles were ever used as I don't a defensive know that they ever were. measure. Like. Like, if you, because I know that you, that like burning oil, burning Mm -hmm. pitch, things like that were used in as a defensive measure occasionally. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you could actually pour. Pitch or oil through the water spout, right? I I, would that think I it don't would, know. I
1: think it would gunk, gunk it I, up. Yeah,
0: that's what I would think. I think traditionally they were just sort of tipped over the battlements in mm-hmm. pots. So I, I don't think that actually has any any basis. But my God, but it was a great Holy shit, theme. it looks good. It looks amazing. <laughs> Very scary, yes. and it really. Um, I think it's a really good. Uh, dramatized visual representation of the gargoyle as the defender of the cathedral right as the Mm -hmm. as the protection from in this case the 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 evil of the mob yes yes Um, amara says i purposely watched the fire lava scene from hunchback on repeat when i was a little kid to try and make myself not scared of it
1: (laughs) oh i i can believe it because it was just so
0: scary yeah
1: it, it was really so was. effective. <laughs> it was completely um, effective. And it was that, I'm sure it was taken from that concept that that's what gargoyles were used yeah, for. Yeah, I think it was
0: a combination of the, the burning pitch medieval defensive concept and yeah. the, the gargoyle as the protector of yep. the cathedral. Because yeah.
1: they did do that. Because, you know, enemies, you know, when they attacked a castle or a fortress, mm-hmm. they would use ladders
0: yeah. to try to get over the wall. Yeah, so what you did was you would You'd pour boiling pour boil. oil they'd have or like, pitch that you could light. And they'd yeah. have these big kettles. Yeah, they pour. It over in and, pots, and it would be tipped over. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like I said, I don't think they ever used gargoyles for Mm-mm. that function, Mm-mm. but man, it makes a good visual to combine those it concepts.
1: It does, it really does. So, I have to give my hats. Yeah, you know, hats, off to, hats off to, to, 90s Disney to 90s Disney. They were knocking it out of the park. They knocked that mother out of the park with that visual because it was. Still, to this day, I'm sitting here getting chills just thinking
0: about it. I, know. I might have to go look it up on YouTube. <laughs> right? I'm like, God, I got to go watch gotta that Got to go watch again. it
1: now, that scene. Oh, of my Of the God. gargoyles
0: defending Notre Dame. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's just compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, if you wanted to use gargoyles in your, in your magical practice mm-hmm. as, like, a protective element. Absolutely. A... Because
1: they're understood as protectors. Exactly. In, in modern understanding. Whether or not... It is part of its actual history, a historical definition or use of the gargoyle. That doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because that is what the modern interpretation has become.
0: Yeah, I would say like from the late medieval period on no matter what the original intention of, of the gargoyle mm-hmm. was it sort of became understood as this protective element yeah yep. and we and like i said we have these other elements that we know were protective or atropoic, like mm-hmm. medusa's face on apollo's temple like shusha lions that's repetitive because shusha means stone lion anyway um, <laughs> the stone lions the stone lions yeah, like all these like these all architectural these. elements like the um the bucranium. Yeah. The the cow skull motif that we know represented sacredness and protection and atropoic um, repulsion of evil mm-hmm. and and all these kinds of things. Cuz um, we
1: know they did have those
0: concepts. Exactly. We know they had those concepts. We know that some of these elements definitely had those concepts attached to them. Mm-hmm. So like it makes sense for us to have sort of stapled on those yeah. concepts to new yeah. architectural elements that, yeah. that bore a similarity to them, which gargoyles and grotesques do. Mm-hmm. Um, so and- I think now in the modern day, regardless, yeah, exactly, regardless of what whatever their original function was, whether it was purely decorative or purely, you know, Functional. Purely functional or whether it was just sculptors showing off, um, Which I kind of feel like it's a little bit I, of everything. I think a little bit of a, uh, yeah, it's a, it was a combo pack. Whatever the original purpose of them was, I think now they definitely mm-hmm. have that protective element, quality, that mm-hmm. guardianship quality.
1: And realize that unless you're getting one that has a spout, that right. uh, is that you're probably getting a grotesque. You're
0: probably yeah yeah yeah
1: you are. <laughs> you're probably getting a grotesque if it doesn't have a spout. If it doesn't have that kind of uh, pouring yeah. function. Um, could it. You, now,
0: here's a, here's a, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Would it be a gargoyle if it is part of a fountain? I think so. And it spits water. Maybe. Because it's not a water spout. It's not to get water off the roof, yeah. but it does cycle water through it. So is that a gargoyle? If you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we would have to call that a gargoyle instead of a grotesque because mm-hmm. it has a function. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, if it has a function. But not all fountains have gargoyles.
0: No, obviously. <laughs> uh, and not all of them have, you yeah. know, the little spout element. Yeah. Um, but I think there's
1: a lot of really interesting modern grotesques mm-hmm. that you can purchase if you want to have a, a protective yeah. grotesque figure. Yeah. Yeah. For your home, there's some really amazing, some really ones, yeah. amazing pieces of art. Um,
0: and you can get a whole range of them. Like some yeah. are the like very traditional squat ugly yeah. dude yep. with, with bat wings. Yep. Um. And some of them are more elaborate. Some mm-hmm. of them are more attractive. Some of them are cute. Some of them are cute. Um. Some of them will reference like different animals now like i've seen some frog Mm -hmm. grotesques and And like a hippo grotesque
1: and like if you wanted to get something to protect your child's room or something and they liked Mm -hmm. kind of strange looking creatures get them a stuffed grotesque that could be a protector in there uh, mm-hmm. in their room or something, especially if they're feeling uncomfortable in their room. Mm-hmm. And you can say, hey, this is, this is going to protect you. Right. He has a job. He has a job in your room and this is going
0: to help keep, protect, he keeps uh, the boogeyman away. This is going to help he eats you monsters. feel better Yeah, exactly. in your room, you yeah. know? And I do think, uh, I, I said sort of casually, he eats monsters, but I think that is sort of one of the reasons that like a grotesque or a gargoyle works. Mm-hmm. I think they work better if they look good ugly or yeah. scary um, because it's like, well, this is my monster. Yeah. And I'm going to sick it on the other monsters, yep, right? Like, yep, yep. there's very much a, a...
1: Who needs monster spray when you have a gargoyle?
0: Exactly. When you have a monster of your very own. Yep. So I do think there are, um, obviously as an animist, I do think there are spirits in gargoyles and grotesques. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously chit chat with them and find out what they're willing to do. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. because I think there's this sort of fright of human spiritual belief in the protective qualities of gargoyles, mm-hmm. I suspect you're going to find most gargoyles are willing to do protective yeah. work. Mm-hmm. I think most of them are going to be up for it. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, every now and again you get something that like the spirit isn't awakened. Yeah. So you can always go through an awakening process to wake them up. Say, hey, can you help me out? Uh, yeah. Um, Commission them as <laughs> yeah, it were.
1: commission them. I feel like we should get a gargoyle. We should. Or a grotesque.
0: Yeah. Um, we've got various gate guardians around mm-hmm. our house. Yeah, we do. Um, uh, in various forms and fashions but I've always sort of wanted a gargoyle I think it's time to get one yeah We'll have to we'll have to hunt around and mm-hmm. find the right gargoyle. Yep, or grotesque, house. or grotesque, whichever, yes. whichever one. we find. <laughs> whether or not it, it has a whether it has a, a function, a function.
1: <laughs> or a, a water function or not. Uh
0: huh. Ryan and says I used to have a little family of grotesques gargoyles that I had permanently glued down to the dash area of my old car for extra protection. I haven't gotten around to putting them in the new one, but was considering. I was mostly fine while the car was totaled. I'd say they did their job. Yeah, yes, they did. Good job, gargoyles. Good job. Or grotesques. Rannan says, we also have a large one named Steve that we keep outside the front door. I love it. Excellent. That's excellent. Thank you to Steve for for protecting Rannan's house. That's right. Uh, And Amara says, gonna get me a Goliath doll. (laughs) (laughs) Goliath is one of the characters from
1: Gargoyles. Yeah. (laughs) I remember Goliath. Was he the leader? He's the leader, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't believe they're making that into a live action. I, I do Why does even, everything have to I become don't a live know. action? Why can't I, something just remain a cartoon? I can't imagine it will
0: be good. Well, you never know. No. It might be okay. No. Maybe. The yeah. amount of CGI they would have a to put bit. into it, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. It's going to be awful. <laughs> they're going to turn it into fucking Beauty and the Beast. Oh, <laughs> well,
1: yeah, that was a little disappointing. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Expect mm. that. Expect that from the gargoyles, and <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. I'll no. go, I will be watching the animated show again. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> That's kind of like me with Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I, yeah. I really like the animated version. Yeah not into the live action. No,
0: not everything needs to be live action. No, it just doesn't. Let it, just let it be animated. Let it be what it is. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, as we as we keep getting distracted by I Gargoyles, know. the show.
1: <laughs> but
0: yeah, It was a great show. It was. It was a good show. It was just that. Ended.
1: And we're going to have to watch. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there have been Gargoyles featured in other
0: films probably horror films mostly in horror horror films, films. Yes. mostly so in, gargoyle mostly comes to life. exactly <laughs> mostly in the context of like ooh, this evil gargoyle yeah i think yeah. the earliest gargoyle that came to life was in like a a, a movie from the 1930s mm. um i forget what it was called oh i don't remember but there was like an evil wizard who was of course who was creating gargoyle there's always an evil wizard <laughs> yeah um, and then there was, uh, there was more in, like, the set, like, they, they showed up in, like, the 70s and 80s yes, in that horror makes movies. Sense. Yeah. Because in, in that was the era of times. trolls. Yeah. Very much.
1: And and other things like that.
0: Raina Gray says, just paint paint Jason Momoa gray and glue some wings on his back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Finn says, I have a gnome at the front porch and an angel at the back gate. They do their jobs very well. Yeah, um, I don't think that the concept has to apply to a gargoyle grotesque kind of figure exclusively i think any kind of sculptuary or or architectural feature that you can... I think it's help if they're personifiable, right? Yeah, yeah, So it helps if they are shaped like something you can perceive as a being. And that's a that's sort of a function of just how humans are. It's easier for us to connect to the spirits of things we, we perceive as being like us in some way, as yeah. having features that we recognize. So like a hunk of stone could be an equal... of just like raw stone could yeah. be an equally effective guardian but we as humans are less likely to connect to it or to understand it uh, as a fully personified being in the same way that we will if it is a stone gargoyle
1: yeah and just so if you're googling there is a gargoyles movie that's just called gargoyles from 1972 so
0: don't mistake that no you want the the, you want the the 90s
1: tv animated show Yes. That's the gargoyles you want. Because otherwise you're going to get a really probably cheesy horror movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's not what we want. That's not what you want. We don't want that. No. All
0: right. See, anything else about gargoyles and grotesques and gate guardians and... Not that I have stone creatures. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think I've th- got everything up here. Yeah, I think that's all. That's all I had. I was. I mostly just got fascinated by the the history of the, the various ar- architectural motifs. They go back farther than you think, definitely. Yeah. Yes. More broadly than you think, because I think people mm-hmm. think of gargoyles as being very much a like a medieval Europe, medieval thing. European thing, um, and it's
1: much more than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You find things that serve the same function as gargoyles around the world across history. Which, again,
1: just really astounds me. Yeah. How much of this stuff is, uh, you know, found in so many different cultures. And, of course, some of that could be due to trade and things like that over the centuries. Mm-hmm. But... Some
0: of it... Yeah, it just seems to sort of spontaneously... Crop up. Yeah, co- co-generated.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, in various cultures, in various parts of the world, yeah. and
0: it's just, I feel that's And that's the kind of thing when, like, you find a motif like this that happens around the world... Repetitively. Repeatedly, mm-hmm. in recognizable forms, mm-hmm. even with, you know, regional variations. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that China and Egypt... In ancient Greece, we all using lion heads mm-hmm. as the decorative elements in their water spouts. That's the kind of thing that makes me go, why? Mm-hmm.
1: What's the common connection? Uh uh-huh. what? what? How did they, why is there such similarity here? Yeah. And that's when you start to think that there's something in the collective unconscious, there's something in the spiritual realm. Yeah, there's, there's some,
0: some, something that some, people, some are lion picking spirit, up on. right? Is there some lion spirit going around yeah. spitting water at people? Who knows? Yeah. yeah, there's
1: something that the ancient people connected with and mm-hmm. that they understood and that they built legend and mythology around. Yeah. You know and it and it continued on through the centuries to where we have gargoyles today.
0: Yep, the various evolving forms. Yep, and we'll see where gargoyles go from here on out, especially right. again as they make a live action. <laughs> okay, we're just we're <laughs> gonna pretend that's not gonna
1: happen. It's just, not, it's that, just that's maybe it'll maybe it'll die. That in might happen health. in somebody else's universe, <laughs> but that's not happening in ours
0: as we <laughs> encourage people to watch the 1990s animated gargoyles yes. show. Yes. Uh, perhaps you too will evolve the concept of the gargoyle <laughs> as a protector. As a protector. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up. I mm-hmm. think Yep. you can find us on the search engine of your choice. If you search the number three and the letters P-A-A-C or the number three in the words Pagan a Cat, you can also find us online at threepagansandacat.com where you can find links to all the things we do, including our Patreon, where you can help support us. And Gwyn's blog, where she blogs and occasionally.
1: Shh, don't bring that up.
0: <laughs> and, I'm
1: behind. And
0: <laughs> you can also find her TikTok if mm-hmm. you go on TikTok and search. Gwyn of three pigs and a cat. Gwyn of three pigs and a cat. Or you can follow or her. Gwyn of
1: three pack. I don't even know anyone.
0: <laughs> Just look for Gwyn. Just look for Gwyn. Um, There's not
1: that many of me. <laughs> Unless it's a false account.
0: Right. And you do have to be careful of those. But those, I think, are mostly on Instagram. Yeah. Mostly yeah. on Instagram Those are or her names. fake accounts, so yeah. you can you'll probably be able to actually find her on TikTok and follow her for TikToky things. TikToky things. Okay, so is that everything? I think so. Okay, then goodbye. <laughs> you were gonna say yes, I was, and how swept. I, I knew sure you was. Were. Oh my god, that's hilarious! No, no, we've, we've already, already, done, we've already that. done that.
1: Now we're just going to say.